You're listening to The Brilliant Ones Podcast with me, your host, Donnie Adams, a show about entrepreneurs and the companies they build. Join me weekly as I speak with entrepreneurs from all over who share their experiences and advice on the companies they created. And be sure to follow us on YouTube and Instagram at The Brilliant Ones. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of The Brilliant Ones Podcast. I got a special guest with me. Roger Hearn, founder and CEO of Iron Rod Steel. Roger, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much. Appreciate you, Donnie. Yeah, appreciate thank it, man. Thanks for, for doing this, man. Yeah, thank you for having me, man. It's the first time I've done a podcast, man. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm super excited to have you on the show. You have such a, a great story to tell, right? And, yes, and when I was researching you, I was just impressed about all that you overcame and how you were able to build your company to the levels that. And, I, and that's why I wanted to reach out, you know, because... Man, just to see just you know uh, a black entrepreneur, right, and and especially in this economy, overcome the things and challenges that you've been through, and be able to kind of push to and persevere, man, it takes a lot of strength, and that takes a lot of just that. Uh, I would say a lot of mental toughness. Yeah, definitely, definitely. You know, first of all, I'm a real big uh, believer in God. I'm a Christian, so uh, everything about me, man, that that I've accomplished, I give glory to who I feel in my heart it goes to, you know, so I give all glory to God. And uh, at the same time, man, uh, I've had a lot of great people uh, stand behind me. So it hasn't been something that I've done alone or, you know, uh, I can't say that I've bootstrapped myself to any sort of success, anything like that. But uh, one thing that I can say I'm good at is is accepting help from those who want to help. Right. You know, and that's a, that's a big, yeah, yeah. Right. So, 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 and first so, of all, before we go any further, let me, I got you a shirt. Oh, appreciate so it. Your iron raw shirt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. No, appreciate that. This is yeah, dope. No. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah. No, appreciate you know, it. I came in my shirt, man. I'm coming right off the front lines. Yeah, yeah. I just left the shop, you know, sweating, no, appreciate working, it. doing things, you know. So, uh, but yeah, man, uh, that's for you. And I, again, appreciate you inviting me. Yeah, yeah. No, man. Appreciate me. I appreciate you doing this. So, so let's, let's, let's go back. So, uh, let's go back up, but you know, before we go into Iron Rod still, yes, right? Let's, let's 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 go learn a little bit more about yourself. So, are you are you you're originally from Houston, right? Yep, from Houston, from the Southwest Side, uh, A Leaf. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, from A Leaf, Texas. Uh, you know, everybody from A Leaf, man, we are very uh proud, still close knit bunch. You know, uh, we pretty loud, and so uh, shout out to all my SWAT family, my A Leaf family. Yeah. Uh, yeah, from Houston, Texas, man, born and raised. So, you know, one thing about Houston is it's it's grown so much over the years. Definitely. I'm sure you've seen it, right? Oh, and yeah. you've seen it just not only it's Houston's so diverse, it's like one of the most diverse cities in the US, but it has uh just strong in so many areas, right? With healthcare, with um different, you know, different opportunities for just business owners and contractors and builders That's and right. so forth. Mm-hmm. So even looking at your business now, so early on, how did you get involved? Where you are? What was your background back then? Like where you got into a certain trade? Okay, so as you may know, um, so I spent 13 years in prison. Mm-hmm. So I went to prison when I was 20 years old for aggravated robbery. Uh, I did 13 years in prison. Uh, prison is set up, man, to where if you really are focused, you can get something out of them. Right. They've got all kind of trades from truck driving to welding to HVAC plumbing 
you know, if you are down there and you're determined to come up out of there a better person and with more knowledge, more skill, you're going to come up out there. With, you know, so it just so happened that I landed on a unit where we had welding. You know, we had okay. a welding trade. And um, I went into prison with no skill, came out with the welding trade, and I jumped straight into it as soon as I got out. I didn't waste any time. Oh, okay. So up until that point, up until you're 20 years old, you weren't thinking about have, work. Wasn't you, thinking about work, didn't have any skills. I was running the streets. You were running the streets, gotcha. And then eventually when you went to, went to prison, did you, 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 you served your time in, in Texas? Yep, served time in Texas and TDCJ. So going through, how long did it take for you to, to earn that welding trade? Uh, a couple of years uh, to actually get. So I got an associate's degree in applied science and welding technology, right? Uh, but I practiced the welding trade down there for five, six, seven years before I actually got out. Uh, so, um, you know, I was never, I got out looking to go farther in the welding trade. I wanted to be a pipe welder and all of this here and work on the rigs or work on the pipeline and stuff like that. But I'm glad it didn't actually turn out to, you know, to to work as I imagined it in my head because I went another route, the route of entrepreneurship, you know. And sometimes I look at the guys who are just uh, just welders by trade. It's pretty tough. Yeah. It's pretty I can tough. imagine, man. That's that, that's not a trade that most people can just go pick up and go do. You know, it it probably does take a lot of skill. Safety is, is it probably a big concern too, right? Yep. Safety is a big concern, and I mean, you put in a a lot of hours. And the thing is, is I don't mind putting in hours, but I started putting in hours for myself, right? So right. I'm real big on uh, being able to, you know, dictate. You know, if I put in so many hours toward this, I want it to benefit me. So I started investing in, you know, uh, you know, my equipment, investing in tools and things like that. And, you know, I started practicing my trade. But as you start to build a business um, in pretty much any business you build, you start off as a technician. So you're doing the actual work. But eventually your work becomes more of marketing, more of sales. You know, more of management, right. managing people, managing systems, things right. like that. Right. So now, you know, I haven't picked up a welding uh, rod or a welding lead in a couple of years, you know. Yeah. But I'm still working just as hard on other areas of the business. Right. So when when you got out of prison, you went to go work for someone right away or did you yeah, know you wanted to, to start work. your own business? Yeah, went to work, had a couple of jobs, you know, working overtime. And uh, I was actually welding, you know, uh, and working some other side jobs. And all my extra money, I was just investing little bit by little bit in my own company. So oh. the idea was to just, you know, really it started out just me wanting to make some side money. So you were doing your own little side projects? Side projects. Side projects. So how were you able to get clients for the side projects versus you had your regular working as a technician? When you're a one-man show, um, a lot of the times word of mouth is enough to kind of keep you going. Uh-huh. Uh, and so I started off basically, so my uncle, my uncle Mike, he um, was already into uh, contract and doing remodels and things like that. He had some clients. Whenever I let him know what I was doing, I was going to get into the welding, making burglar bars, doing you know miscellaneous welding repairs and things like that. 
Uh, my very first job was through him. You know, it was a lady who owned or was a manager, a property manager over some townhouses, and they needed a bunch of burglar bars replaced. Mm-hmm. So that was the first job I did. And from there, just word of mouth kind of just, you know, kept me going mm-hmm. at that point. So that little word of mouth was enough to keep me busy on the weekends yeah. while I maintain my eight to five Monday through Friday job, right? you know, during the week for my steady paycheck. Yeah. So my weekend money was just a little something extra for me to continue to invest into myself. Right. And and so at what point did you say, okay, I'm ready to leave the, the eight eight to five and kind of do my own thing? Yeah, yeah. So what happens, man, I think for a lot of people is that, you know, I always encourage people to don't just jump straight into, you know, entrepreneurship or business ownership or just trying to do their own thing. You know, you got to have some kind of stability, right? So do something on the weekends, you know, practice your trade on the weekends and you know, uh, and so I kept doing that. Right. And then eventually what happens is, is that your side jobs start to conflict with your nine to five. Right. You know, so I noticed myself, I'm at work and, you know, I'm sliding off to the back to answer the phone for one of my own customers. Yeah. You know, right. and, uh, you know, started having customers who are wanting me to come by and do jobs that I couldn't do because I was at work. You know? Yeah. And so once that started to happen, you know, so often, and then at the same time, I had saved up a decent amount of cash, a nice savings to where I felt like, Hey, if you know, all else fails, I'm still able to carry myself for so many months. I, you know, I wasn't going to just jump out there without any kind of patent, financial yeah. patent. Right. Right. So that's kind of a no brainer. Uh, but then eventually I just, uh, like I said, I had jobs lined up, uh, had some savings, uh, steadily, you know, phone steadily ringing. And I reached out to my boss, uh, one morning it was, uh, Ernest. I said, uh, Ernest, man, I say, uh, I think it, cause everybody at the job knew I was doing my little side hustle. Yeah. Right. And they were all proud of me. Yeah. Right? yeah you know, yeah. only black dude working yeah. at that job. Right. Everybody else was Hispanic. Yeah. yeah. I'm the only black. And, I, and at that time I was just a welder helper. I wasn't even a, a welder. Okay. Wait, wait, so did, what, what's the difference between a welder and a welder helper? Okay. So in a company like I was working at where they did pretty critical welding, like the pipe welding and stuff <laughs> like that, that's going to be x-rayed. Right. It's going to be uh, pressure tested or chemical tested. You've got to pass certain weld tests and get certain certifications to weld on that stuff. Gotcha. Not every welder is that kind of welder. Yeah. Right. That's like what you would consider a professional welder. Those guys make a lot of money. Right. right. Most welders are guys who, you know, they've gotten out of school. They can, you know, run a good bead. Uh, you know, they can weld some metal together, but when it comes to that real critical stuff, man, a lot of people's lives can be in danger because, you know, you got high pressure, uh, yeah. uh, gases and fluids running through that pipe. So it's very critical. Yeah. As a welder helper, I was just grinding welds, you know, uh, what we call beveling pipe. Yeah. Was cleaning up around the shop. I was out there cutting the yard. Right. You know? Yeah. Operating some of the equipment there, but I wasn't doing any welding. Um, 
I was practicing welding so that I could go and take my welding tests and get certified on some of that stuff. But I was more focused on building a business than I was on gotcha. becoming a great welder. Yeah. Right. Right. You know, because I read, I read all kind of business. I love business. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, entrepreneurship, like yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so, you know, that's where my energy was more focused on. You know, what can I do to get out? You know, get out here and sort of create my own future than becoming a, a career welder. Yeah. Which I mean, I commend those guys, you know, right. those guys yeah. on the front lines. They it's working tough, hard. It's a tough job. It's a tough job. And they're making a lot. Yeah. And those dudes is making a lot of money. You yeah. know, they're making more money than most entrepreneurs. You yeah. Know? Um, but that just wasn't my path. So you 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 get your, your certification, right? Once you you already have your certification. So some basic certification. You have a basic level certification. I'm sure there's different basic, tiers, right? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Basic level. You're doing welding on the side, right? You're doing a few projects here and there. I'm assuming what were most of these projects coming from re- residential customers? Yeah, residential customers. Uh it's what you consider or what we consider ornamental iron work, right? Uh-huh. So just basic structural stuff, uh, fences, gates railings you know where yeah the welding has to be good the fabrication has to be good the finishing has to be good but it's not going to be tested yeah you know there's no like i mentioned before high pressure you know uh gases and fluids and stuff running through this stuff right right so it's more of a you know of a welding where kind of i don't want to say anybody can do it but anybody with a basic level or basic welding skill you know you can do yeah, it you can do it yeah, it's something you can put, okay yeah yeah and at that point it's more uh of a focus on uh marketing selling uh don't get me wrong it's a lot of skill required too you got a lot of guys that are uh they've been in fencing uh, and, uh metal building construction for years mm-hmm. and these guys are artists i'm talking about yeah uh it's something in spanish they call forja they create it, yeah, where these scrolls, like, you know, thick uh, steel bar scrolls twisted with flame and, wow. you know, heated up to where it makes these real intricate, beautiful, you know, patterns yeah. that they take and they build these gates, you know, heavy gates. and I mean, beautiful stuff, you know? Yeah. So that's definitely a skill level too, you know? Uh, some right. people start off just doing some basic fences and gates, but then you got the guys who've been doing it for a long time and they're creating some stuff that is like I said, this, this is artwork. Yeah. You know, I'm more of a production guy. Right. Right. Um, in the book, E myth demystified, he talks about how the, the system is the solution. Right. So I'm real big on systems. Okay. When it comes to that sort of artwork in any trade, whether it's, um, you know, a, 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 whether you're a great baker, a great photographer, a great barber, whatever it may be, right? There's an artistry that is, uh, there's that element of artistry that if your business is dependent upon that art, right? right. Um, sometimes it can be hard to, to scale your business. But if your business is based on a system, production, training to where you can get somebody in there 
you can teach them a system and they can kind of, cause we use jigs in our business, right? right? So we don't do custom gates to where somebody can take this picture, say, Hey, I like this gate is, you know, has all this intricate stuff. We do offer a menu of gates with additions, designs, modifications, but it's just that menu. Right. Right. So that way I can teach my guys, hey, this is the this is the play right here. This is the menu, kind of like McDonald's. Right. You know, McDonald's, you can't go and order a filet mignon. Right. right. Um, you you can choose from one, two, three, four, five, six. And that's how I built my business. Right. Where you can order this and you can add this addition, that addition, this addition. But that's the extent of our custom work. Right. And that's allowed me to be able to teach a system. So that I can step back from that system and focus on other areas of the business while my guys take care of building the standard stuff that we build in the shop. Right. You know, no, that's a very smart, smart way and in, uh, in a good way to even grow a, a business. And so even so even going back to when you first um, left, left, left your job, right? You left, yeah. left your job and you were going full time. You were doing I'm assuming it was just you. Right. Yeah. At the time. Yeah. How long was it just you? And then at what point did you say, okay, I'm assuming there was some challenges along the way, right? Oh man, definitely, definitely. So it was all, it was never just me. Okay. It was just me, I guess, every day, right? I was the only one that I could depend on to be there every day, clocking it. But I always had somebody helping me out. You know, I always had somebody that I could reach out to to say, hey, you know, I got this job. Are you available? this weekend to help me knock it out, you know? Yeah. And uh, a lot of the guys that I'd done time with, you know, you can imagine these guys had what? That same welding trade. Oh, right. right. Everybody <laughs> got the welding trade. So these, so are, it worked, yeah, it worked these out. are welders, right? Yeah. And, uh, and, and man, you know, we just, we have a big community of people who left that same unit yeah. that I was at. It's hundreds of us out here. Man, you know what's so funny is I, uh, when I was, uh, Looking you up, I saw that uh, you all had a sales manager position, and, yeah. and what, what really impressed me was I was reading the details, and it said uh, cr- criminal criminals. Uh, cr- I want to put it like, yeah, yeah to criminals apply. to encourage to apply. Yeah, and I yeah, just yeah. thought that wow, that that's so powerful, right? Because um, my my old, older brother was incarcerated, and so I, I kind of know what, what you know how hard it can be for some people to get jobs, right? And right. so you were fortunate enough to, you know, obviously start working right out, but some people, it just doesn't work out that way. It doesn't pan out that way. And Definitely. so I can only imagine the challenges, right? That the criminals, you know, have to overcome to, to, to land a good job, right? To find an effective guy. And most importantly, Definitely. It being a good paying job. Definitely. Definitely. You know, it's hard for everybody right now. Right. Yeah. So you could imagine somebody that has, you know, that, that X on their back, how challenging it, it can be. Yeah. So that's one thing that I always wanted to do is to offer opportunities to, you know, people who went through situations like I went through, right. Who came up out of that, uh, became uh, a different person yeah. through that experience and right. get out of here and, you know, uh, you know, chase success. Yeah, right. And so, yeah, so I had a lot of uh, brothers, you know, who had gotten out and were welders, and I'd call on these guys, and sometimes I'd have a crew of, you know, five felons wow. <laughs> on a job site. You know, we out there welding, cutting, grinding, you wow. know, getting it in, painting, yeah. and knocking stuff out, you know. Wow. Uh, and it was, I look back on those pictures sometimes, man. Uh, 
you know, mm-hmm. it, it's just, it's real cool to look back and, and see uh, how we were able to come together in those times and just accomplish stuff. You yeah. Know? Like you said, it was a lot of challenges, a lot, a lot of challenges. You know, some of the guys I hired, I've, I've gone through situations where, you know, I've had, and one time I had my whole truck stolen. I go on a Home Depot uh, to go wow. uh, pick up material for a job, you know, one morning. You know, I go inside. I'm in there for about 20 minutes, you know, picking up some, you know, some supplies. And I, I come out and I'm looking for my truck. And I'm like, man, I know I <laughs> parked my truck right there. It's tough. You know, and. They were riding with you? And, you yeah. know, so this was, this wasn't one of the, I've had that kind of situation too, but this was just a situation where, you know, one of the guys hanging out in Home Depot, I mean, they were scouting the place. Yeah. And scouting trucks like mine at that time, I had an older uh, a Ram and they were easy to, you know, yeah, to, to fire up, break into and fire up. And they were probably just watching me as soon as I parked and, you know, got up out of there and locked the door. They got yeah. in, they busted it. They, you know, they cranked it up and took off. Wow. I had a welder machine on the back of that sucker that I had spent $4,000 on. I had, you know, Three thousand, four thousand dollars in tools, little inverter weld, and a bunch of tools inside the truck. You know, wow. and I was literally standing there, left with nothing, walking, wow. walking down the, the parking lot to go find the officer to report the situation to. And I really just, I, I didn't know what to think at that time, you know. But I had to start all over. Wow, I yeah. can imagine how how discouraging. That was at that time. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I mean, that's the things that every you know yeah, entrepreneur yeah, goes right. through, right? And mm-hmm. then I've had brothers that I've hired who have stolen from me, even at the <laughs> at the shop that I'm in now. One of my good friends, I made my shop supervisor, and uh-huh. he literally stole thousands of dollars from me. You know? Wow. Uh, so you know, you go through things like that. Yeah. Um, but you gotta have that grit. And you got to keep going, you know, and that's what's going to separate yeah. you know, those who really want it from those who don't, because everybody's going to go through something. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, eventually it got to the point where, you know, right now, man, we've got a great staff. I've got a great supervisor, very humble guy named Alberto. Yeah. Uh, in a team that you know, I had to work real hard to build the team that I have right now. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, at one point I had a team where I'm talking about, I wanted to, I was turning grayer and grayer about a minute. My phone blowing up every hour about arguments they were having at the shop and egos. And he wow. said, she said, yeah, you know, this person is like I was running a daycare. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> I, I can understand that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, even in those in those early days, right, you you're going through. You know, different employees, right? Yeah. Working on various jobs. I know one aspect of your business is you all actually wholesale gates or yeah. wholesale gates. So how did you, I'm seeing you're just doing welding jobs, welding jobs, right? But at one point, did you, did you have an office, right? Did you go get an office yet? Or what point did you start saying, okay, I got a little bit of cash now. Can I go get an office? Can I go get a desk computer? Can I step away, right? Can I start really running the business? that aspect man that's that's been that's kind of hard right because it was it's been such a process right and and that transition that you talk about has been such a a a long transition and sometimes you you go into a certain role 
And then you've got to actually fall back into that role that right. you left because things aren't necessarily, it's not a linear sort of path, right? right? It's up and down. So sometimes you may say, oh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be doing any welding anymore. And then six months later, you find yourself under the hood welding, right? Yeah, yeah, right. So um, at one point, so I was in my, at one point I got in the house and I had a shop in the back and that's where I was doing all the welding and installing fences and gates because I got to the point where we were a fence and gate installation company. And and, and now at, at this point, how, uh, you all still word of mouth? No, 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 no. Definitely not. Definitely not. So now, so we move, we don't do any installation now. Okay. We've completely, uh, we are a supplier. So we, so it started out by us starting, we started selling just scrap steel. Uh, so we were doing, you know, fences and gates, installing, we'd be on the road all the time. Then eventually had a little bit of extra cash. So I'm like, man, what can I do with this, you know, extra cash? You know, coming, how we, you know, growing up where we grew up, we always, we've always been salespeople, right? right, right. From being young and, you know, going to the store, buying candy and yeah. you know, going to school and selling, you know, candy and stuff yeah, like family, that, yeah. you know, and uh, uh, middle school to, you know, in our teenage years and adult years, you know, selling illegal stuff, right? Right, We've right. always known how to hustle and how to flip a dollar. Right. And, uh, you know, that's that's how I was thinking. What can I do to kind of flip some of this money that, I, that I've got? You know, yeah. I'm real big on living frugally, real big on investing in self. So I go to the steel supply, just kind of take a risk and buy some scrap steel, right? Yeah. I post that stuff on. Facebook marketplace on offer up on these different marketplaces, right? And man, people started coming to uh my little backyard shop yeah. and buying that stuff from me, right? Uh it got to the point where I was selling so much of this scrap material that one, I couldn't leave anymore to go do jobs on it because people were coming to the shop to just, just to buy just to buy stuff, right? Yeah. And then I started, instead of just buying scrap material, I started buying prime material so that I could always have steel. So what is prime material? Prime means that it's it's new. It's new. Okay. So this isn't something that's on the scrap yard or something that's been rusted or, you know, when it's surplus or, so using the scrap, it's sort of a, a misnomer. It's surplus material is what I was selling. You know, uh, for some reason, it's on the outside yard. It's rusted. Maybe some pieces are twisted, short pieces, stuff like that. Prime material is that's how it comes from the steel mill. Yeah. New yeah. material, full lengths. You know? uh, so I started buying prime material because I, I, it got to the point where I needed to have this at all times. I couldn't just go to the, you know, to the surplus yard and, and cherry pick. It's like, nah, I need to have this stuff. So started paying higher prices and still being able to to flip some of this yeah, stuff. Yeah. Um and this is all out of your backyard. This is it? all out of my backyard. And it was crazy. It yeah, was yeah. crazy. Cause I'm talking about you know, I had a uh the metro uh stop was yeah, right you have, outside. You have, you have the, family at this time or no, at this time I just, you know, I no, no family. Oh, okay. No family. Yeah, it was yeah. just it was just me. I'd had a little girlfriend right, right, at the right. time. Um but nah, it was just me and um, you know, a couple helpers from time to time yeah. back there helping me load, you know, material up right, and stuff right. like that. And uh it started it was crazy because uh like I said, you know, 
at some sometimes we'd pull up to the shop, we'd go to grab something, me and one of my one of the guys that was helping me, and it'd be three, four trucks just lined up, you know, outside of my house waiting for us to, you know, open up the gate so that they could load up on So your shop was your house. Like you the shop was in my backyard. Yeah, the shop was in your backyard. Yeah, yeah. And I wish I had pictures, man. I'm talking about I literally got to the point where and I put a forklift back there wow. in my backyard, man. <laughs> we got some cement thrown down. Like, we were taking risks. You know, I took a few thousand dollars, man, and yeah. this area that was grass, you know, it was just ground. I got it cemented so that we could stock more material over there in the corner. Wow. Uh, but it's a long story, man. Even, even that situation was a blessing because at that time, you know, it was my ex-girlfriend. Her, right now it's my ex-girlfriend. Her mom actually built that shop for me. It was a little uh, metal building. Yeah, uh, She built it for me in that, in that backyard. That's a long story. But without her, if she wouldn't have done that, I wouldn't be where I am wow. today. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so there's been a lot of blessings, a lot of things that have happened along the way that if they wouldn't have happened, I wouldn't be. Yeah. You know, we wouldn't have, Iron Row, I wouldn't be what it is today. Right. You know? So, um, yeah, and, and, and even from there, man, the, the, the growth, path because i never really planned on us doing having the exact business model that we have today um it just sort of evolved into that by just sticking to the script though yeah yeah. you know that's why i tell everybody man don't a lot of times you want to look for that thing that's like oh man what do i really really want to do you know they say oh if you do what you love you never work a day in your life and that's true and that's all good right but sometimes sometimes it's good to Take what's given to you, right? What's that thing that's nearest to you that just by proximity, you know, you can get into, right? And focus on that thing and dedicate yourself to that thing, you know, to the exclusion of everything else and just see how far you get in that, you know, become, you know, just entrenched in that thing. It may not be the most glamorous or the most sexy or the most, uh, you know, uh, disruptive, you know, yeah. uh, uh, technology or industry. Right. But a lot of the times it's not those uh, industries that make people rich. Sometimes, you know, like in the millionaire next door, a lot of the most wealthy people in the world are people that own tow truck companies, yeah. you know, uh, 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 freight companies. Um, yeah. You know, uh, some of these even even lawn care and landscape. So it's funny. I mean, I could tell you tell you more about it later. But I mean, my next business is specifically focused on um, home services businesses. Yeah, and just there's a huge opportunity that a lot of people aren't aware of that exists in the home service industry. Okay, just with the with the great uh, retirement and the great resignations happening over uh, the next decade gotcha. that we identified and. There's a huge opportunity to take some of those businesses to the next level, and that's Definitely. that's my and that's my next that's gonna be that's my next business. Definitely, so definitely, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, that sounds good. And, and and so as you continue to buy the prime material, right? Eventually, yeah. when did it become Gates or? Because I've, I've seen the videos, okay. man. This is like yeah. some big stuff you, you handle. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah. At what so, point does it get bigger? Right. Bigger? So even there, what we started doing is is uh, you know we started building. Fence panels, right? Um, and you know, just basically set up a jig so that we can make these fence panels. So this is your clean. idea to say, you go, oh, we're going to make fence panels. We're going to pivot, not pivot, but you say, 
Oh, I think it'd be a good idea to make fence panels for people. Okay, so uh, uh, in all actuality, um, so I'd already become a believer in making products, right? right. Um, versus being in the service industry, right? Right. The service industry can be, it can be rough, right? Especially in an industry like fencing construction because now don't get me wrong you got some people who build multi-million billion dollar you know service companies right but it's tough you got to have a stiff team yeah. super stiff team uh with a product business it's a little bit easier to scale because it lends itself a little bit more to systematization right, right. where you can produce something you can have a template we started off making simple stuff like pipe stakes. Uh, with uh, pipe stakes are the deals that the flatbed trucks have to ride with uh, yeah. to keep the pipe from rolling off of the flatbeds. They right. have to have pipe stakes in order to get loaded at the pipe yard. At one point, somebody asked me to make some of those. You know, I saw the profit that it was in making them, so I said, "How easy, quick! I made this look." couple hundred dollars yeah why don't i make a bunch of these and just market them right right. and that was just by chance that was just by serendipity that that happened same thing happened with some forklift extensions i had a customer reach out to me because they saw i just did well and so hey could you make this some for i researched i saw how much they were selling the forklift extensions for i saw how much i could buy the material for how fast i said man i just made three four hundred dollars yeah in a you know, few hours, why don't I start making more of these right. and start marketing them, right? Um, and that allowed me to basically, in a sense, I started having stock, right? Yeah. And I was able to kind of just market this stuff to, again, these little social media marketplaces and uh, people would just come by and, and, and buy either, either they were buying steel they were buying pipe stakes. They were buying forklift extensions. So they were buying loading ramps. Just certain things that I and yeah. all of these things I just made them the same. No, like oh yeah. these custom ramps, oh this custom is now nah, everything is the same. Yeah, you know, just marketing. You know, uh, and eventually it was uh, another competitor of mine who made fence panels. So I said, well, I can make those too, right? There's right. always room in industries for. You know, even yeah. if I'm just getting the crumbs, right? Yeah. I'll take those crumbs. Yeah. And so I started making the fence panels. Uh, at that time, the like, location wasn't big enough yeah, right. for I'm us right. to make the yeah. gates, yeah. right? right. And so uh, what's crazy is I had some, uh, uh, some counterparts of mine who uh, offered me to share a space with them. At that time, we were already growing out of this. Bro, I had, like, in this business, again, it's just my backyard. I had racks, and I'll show you the pictures. I had steel racks. That yeah. me and my buddies had built back there. Yeah. I used to back my trailer and block the whole street. Sometimes I'd have cars, 10, 15 cars, like stop yeah. because I'm backing in the trailer, like loaded yeah. down with steel, yeah. using a forklift, unloaded, putting it on the rack. We had that backyard just packed down with steel. So it was time for us to get up out of there. Yeah. Right. So I had some counterparts of mine who had offered us to share a space with them. And uh, so we did. And we moved everything over there with them. Because they had a bigger location, and um, but man, that actually went bad pretty fast, right? Uh, that's a whole story. It was, it was, uh, 
It went. It went sour. So they were, they, but they were in the same business as you were. Or they just had they were space? in a similar business. So they uh, were a gate operator company, uh-huh. and um, so they weren't used. It wasn't a storefront, right? So they weren't used to people pulling up. You know, customers getting loaded up. You know, yeah. sort of. You know, not tearing up the yard, but just you know. There's there's gonna be some um, you're gonna see the effects if you got traffic going in. Yeah, and yeah. I, they weren't used to that, you know. Yeah. And at the same time, I think that there was a little bit of jealousy, right? Because they saw our business continue to grow and people continue to come there. You know, people would come in. It was an office there, and people all of a sudden are showing up to this office yeah. and asking for us and. It was it was a lot of different factors, and then you know just, it, the wife one time went up in there and just cussed out my guys wow. just for no reason. It, yeah. it was crazy the hide, yeah. so it, you know. So eventually, it was just like you know what we've got to end this. They agreed to it. I'm like, look, we got to get up out of here. Let's just break this lease, and yeah. that was a, a sort of a, a, an agreement on both of our parts. Hey, let's just do away with this. Now, that was a real scary point for me, right? right? Because you can imagine, I couldn't go back to where I came from. Yeah. Right? So what do I do at that point, right? I got to get up out of here. I can't go back to where I came from. I've never dealt with trying to find a commercial lease yeah. somewhere for a business. So I'm in a, a space, so I reach out to one of my mentors, right? One of my very first, well, my very first uh, business mentor, uh, Moody Ram, uh, Howard Rambin of uh, Moody Rambin. Uh, uh, he actually found me in prison. Uh, Howard Rambin, the owner of Moody Rambin, at that time, Moody Rambin Interest, it's the largest privately owned commercial real estate firm in Houston, right? This dude is big time. I met him while I was in prison. I had written a bunch of letters to a bunch of you know different places throughout the city to just try to find somebody who uh, would sort of really be a sponsor. I wrote to a bunch of AAs looking for a sponsor. Well, Mr. Ramit had dealt with alcoholism in his past, so he still attends AAs. He's like an AA sponsor to people. He mentors people in business. He's a business coach, Uh, does a lot of giving back. So out of all these letters I wrote, he's the only person, man, who actually wrote back to me and um, was with me in prison, sending me books, writing me every week. Uh, sending me letters like giving me different teachings on like smart goals and all types of stuff. I'm talking about he was just uh, 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 um, uh, like an angel uh, for me in that place. And uh, he stuck with me through two setoffs. You know, so in prison, you come with an aggravated case. I had a 20 year sentence, so I didn't have an opportunity for parole until 10 years. Got to do half. When I came up at that 10 years, they set me off. You know, no. had to wait another year. Came up again. No. Uh, and he was with me through all of that. You know, the third time I came up, I got moved to a unit where um, your family could actually attend the parole board hearing. Right. Yeah. And family and friends. And guess what? Guess who was there at the parole board? He, he was. Howard Rabbit went himself in the flesh to my parole board hearing. Wow. Told the commissioner, hey, I got him. The commissioner was like, my mama, my grandma were there. The lawyer, my yeah, brother yeah. was there. But like, how did he meet you? <laughs> like, yeah. And was real interested in 
Mr. Rambin and the dynamic of our relationship, how we met each other. And he basically told her, look, I got him. Yeah. You ain't got to worry about him. I got him. Yeah. And sure enough, guess what? I made that parole, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I made that parole, man. So, yeah. uh, so it's great. It's sure, sure enough. As soon as I got out, he was there. So the whole time he's been by my side, I go meet him. He's, you know, kicking my butt, you know, let me see the financials in the business. He wants yeah. to see the financials. You know, he wants yeah. to see the, the, the income statement. He wants to see the balance sheet. He wants to understand how the inner workings of the business, like right. what are you doing, are you making money or is it, you know, and uh, at that time, guess who I had to reach out to? You had to reach out to him. I had to reach out to him, you know, and he helped me find a place, you know, now the place that I found is the place that I'm in now. Wow. They were talking about how much it was a month. I'm like, man, I'm looking at my buddy who, you know, Trevor, Trevor uh, Matlock, who, had, you know, was was solid with me and helped me. He was that person that allowed me to sort of focus on some other things in the business while he sort of ran. You know, he's not with me today. Uh, he moved on to some other things. And right now he's actually running a similar business. Yeah, to, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Smart dude, man. It's really smart guy. Uh, and I wish him, you know, all the success in the world. Um, but I got with Trevor and I was like, man, what you think, man? It's a lot of money, man. A month, like, you know, like $4,000 a month, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, and I'm like, man, well, we got to do it, you know? So we went for it, you know? Right. And, uh, man, it just turned out to be the best thing that we could have done, you know? Uh, it, was a, it was a big space. It's a big space. When I'm, we first I'm, got in there, like twenty thousand something square feet. Yeah, you know? he's he's spot. Yeah, when um, we got in there, we were like, "Hello, hello." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, we had we brought the little steel. We thought we had a bunch of material, right? Yeah. We bring it over there, and we just looking around like, "Dang, that's all we got." Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> it was like you yeah. know, and you know what's so crazy? Some events <laughs> happened throughout. You know, that first year or so, uh, because in all actuality, we weren't ready to move into that space, you know. Uh, but, you know, you know what happened, man? It's just crazy. Um, uh, one morning I woke up and I had uh, gotten an email. Right. And it was the same time as COVID and everything and the PPP loan and all this stuff here. And I got an email about, you know, EIDL loan, you know. And they're like, yeah, apply because I'm I'm registered with the SB MB yeah. hub and stuff like that. So you get certain emails that, uh, you know, for these uh, different opportunities and stuff like that. And sure enough, man, um, they had reached out to me about applying for an EIDL loan, right? And I'm like, loan. I say, man, I don't mess with none of this Yeah. I say, but I might as well just do yeah, it just right. might, because. Might as well, right? Yeah, might as well. And, uh, you know, I just sent it in real quick, you know, didn't spend too much uh, time or effort on it. And sure enough, man, they, they came back and it was granted to me, you know, wow. the idea. It's not the PPP that doesn't have to be paid back because of the payroll. And this is a loan that actually does have to be paid back with very favorable terms. Um, but that catapulted us to space. That's why I say, man, I, I can't say... Somebody asking me, oh, yeah, how do you do it? And I can tell you some basic things, right, yeah. that you have to have in order to be successful in business, right? But that those things don't guarantee that you're going to make it in business. Now, right. there, 
I can't tell you how to be blessed. You know, I I can tell you that I pray, right, and that I do stick to the script. And, and don't get me wrong, like if you know, it's gonna come. If you stick to the script, it's not gonna necessarily happen overnight, right? Yeah. Our success seems like it really happened overnight. Yeah. You know? Um, but that did, man, that catapulted it because again, I'm real frugal and I'm about assets. Right. right. So, you know, you got a lot of people who got money from the, um, uh, from the, uh, the, the government. Yeah. The know? PPP loans and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah. And they take that money and they, they dig whatever they wanted to do with it. Right. Right. And we handled business. Right. Yeah. Material equipment. Right. Uh, we put it where it was supposed to go. We did what we were supposed to do with it. And um, it had an effect. Yeah. Uh-huh. And things started growing faster. It, really, it still sometimes feels, feels like I'm catching up to the business, yeah. how fast it's growing. But because of the fact that I have some great mentors who um, these guys have years, decades of business experience, you know, under their belt, right? Yeah. They help me navigate some of the tough issues when, you know, you're there and you 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 kind of feel like you're alone and you're facing, you know, a couple situations where it may not necessarily be a correct answer. There's just a, a, a one answer that may be better than than the other. You know? Yeah. People that I can reach out to when I'm stressed and be like, "Hey, I'm dealing with this. What do you think?" You know, they've right. been there before. Right. right? Uh. And I think that they respect the fact that, you know, I'm, I heed um, the advice that I'm given. You know, now, at the same time, they also respect that I would do my own thing real quick. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just because, you know, that you tell me something, you got, that doesn't mean that I'm a, you know, I'm a yes man. I've, and and, and uh, they will admit that. They are even glad that I didn't take some pieces of advice that they gave me, but I took a little bit more risk and did some things that actually turned out to be uh, uh, beneficial for our growth. Wow. You know, so yeah, man, we moved into that shop. And uh, uh, now it's, it's to the point where we kind of got to walk through the shop. Yeah, you know, right. We packed in there. Yeah. Uh, got a bunch of material and that just has built up over time because we continue to reinvest 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 you know into the company into equipment into material into our team you know into training into growing you know uh not just growing as as a company but us growing on a personal level you know how are how are we all developing uh what books are we reading um, what training are we getting? Right, things like that. You know, all those yeah. things are important. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely. So, where did you? Where do you see the business over the next like five years? What are some of your goals going? You know, over the next couple of years. Well, really, man, we want to make an impact in the in the community. Um, part of what you know, I'm doing uh, with you right now. You know, telling my story. Yeah. Um, and we want to allow even our space to be a platform for where we can, um, even be able to train 
I've challenged, you know, youth, right? Teaching them how to weld, teaching them how to how to design, how to draft, things like that. Yeah. Um, helping them, you know, get skills that they wouldn't have, um, you know, otherwise, because a lot of the times, you know, people aren't um, aren't interested. Yeah. In helping some of these kids to, you know, uh, develop themselves, seems like a lot of kids are just kind of like lost in the in the in the system, you know. And unfortunately, too many of you know of blacks, you know, we don't have a lot of the skill sets that allow people of other races to build and to grow financially, not just themselves but their families, you know. Yeah. Um, you got a lot of, you know, Hispanics today, man. These guys are out there working hard, right? Out there yeah. building up the city, taking that money, investing that money into properties, right. investing that money into capital assets. They're buying trailers. They're buying, you know, front end loaders and dozers and uh, lawnmowers and trucks and properties and, you know, investing this money into themselves and their families and their businesses you know we're not doing that enough you know we're taking and spending our money on consumer goods while other people are taking and buying capital goods you know which you know just puts us at a, at a disadvantage economically right? right so we need that's why i'm real big on like capital assets you know yeah. we gotta invest into stuff that's gonna help us make more money and help us grow and help us have more command over um, our earning, our earning potential, right? Right. Uh, but we definitely, right now, we just hit over $2 million in sales, right? uh, which is incredible. Yeah, no, it's incredible. Uh, five years from now, we want to be at $10 million, $20 million in sales. We want to, you know, we want to continue to grow. We've got a lot of um, ideas and a big vision for how we're going to accomplish that. One of the ways that we're doing that is again, you know, we just hired our first outside salesperson, which is huge. You know, you got marketing, you got sales. Marketing has gotten us to where we are right now, right? But we don't think it's going to uh, take us to where we need to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, sales is more proactive. It's, uh, it's yeah, my, my background sales, so I know what yeah. it's like more like, uh, um, so what marketing before you all was just doing more like social media or yeah social now. media yeah running ads so once right. you get to a certain point and once you have you know right now we've got uh, we fluctuate between seven to nine employees right at yeah. that point um, it depends on who your your customer base is right uh, yeah. our customer base we've we've got to spend quite a bit of money on ads yeah. So we spend thousands of dollars a month on yeah. running ads on right. Facebook and stuff like that. Um, and we have to, right? Uh, once you get to a certain point, then a certain percentage of your, of your revenue has to go into marketing and advertising. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And then hopefully uh, the outside salesperson will kind of take you all to another level. Exactly. Like bring in, bring exactly. In and that's the plan is to develop a, you know, sales uh, team yeah right starting with this guy and just continue to build out that sales department right so you you all are doing residential and commercial projects or we're doing a resident so 
we sell material to contractors who <laughs> do residential jobs, commercial okay. jobs, industrial jobs. Uh, so some of our customers are homeowners who yeah. find us, purchase material from us. So that way they're not incurring the markup that a contractor may uh, charge them. And then they find their own contractor to install the material. Yeah. Some of them even take a shot at installing themselves. Yeah. Uh, other customers are contractors, you know, guys who own fence companies who they can do the stuff that, that we do. They can build the gates and they can build the fence panels, but we're set up to where we can do this stuff very fast, um, cheaper because we buy material bulk now. So we don't buy locally anymore. Initially, a lot of the material that we were buying, we were just buying from local suppliers. Once we made a certain like wave in the city and certain supplies that we were buying from started hearing about us a little bit too much. They cut us off completely. Oh wow! Yeah, they said no more. No, we can't sell to y'all you know, wow. because y'all are interfering now with our business. Right. But uh, luckily, by the time we got cut off by a few of our key vendors, key local vendors, we'd already developed relationships with some steel mills. Mm. So now we just purchase straight from the mill. So uh, we have to purchase truckloads of steel. When you purchase from the mill, you can't go buy like a trailer load or a yeah. few pieces or a bundle. You got about 48,000 pounds at a time in a full truckload. And so now that's who we purchase from. And it started off with us just having one vendor, right? And that's a, a, a dangerous position because when you're your business depends on you being able to buy and acquire material from these vendors. And when you just have a one vendor, you're at a disadvantage. Yeah. Uh, but thankfully, over the past year or so, we've developed relationships with some other mills. So now we've got a few good vendors. And so, our, you know, we have more competitive pricing. We have access to more material. We have a lot more, again, command over, you know, uh, what we're able to stock and the material that we have. Um, so that's been a really, really cool development too that's taken place over the past year. So yeah, yeah. vendors that initially uh, we would reach out to uh, to try to you know purchase material from it, and they told us straight up like, "Nah, we're not taking on any new accounts." Yeah, <laughs> nah, we not you know, uh, and now these same vendors email or text me, yeah. "Hey, can we set up a meeting? To come by." You know, and because we're already buying from them now, but they yeah. just want to come by and continue to build and develop the relationship. Yeah. You know, because they value the relationship with us. Now, before, they wouldn't even open up an account for us. Right. Yeah. No, no, that that is that is very interesting. It's crazy to see, like, especially as you continue to grow, right, and seeing the people that you used to work with kind of you know, see you as competition so is a good thing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it, it was it was scary at first. Yeah, uh, but at the same time, it was flattering. Yeah, <laughs> you know so, yeah, like, yeah. so it was scary. It was like, oh man, you know what does that mean? But at the same time, it was like, yeah, you know. That's are you um? You know what? I don't have my phone on me. Uh, but this are you familiar with this this the, the uh uh Theodore Roosevelt the, the man the man in the arena, the man in the arena. Yeah, it's a quote. Oh, okay. You, no, I haven't heard, you heard of that quote. Man, I wish I had my, my phone on uh, on me. I could look it up. Or you, yeah, Theodore. 
So what is it? The man in the arena? Yeah, I, I just thought about because your story just reminds me, and I just found this quote today, and I'm just like obsessed with it because it's such a powerful thing. And as we as we wrap up, I think it's just something that thing a lot of people need to be be aware of. It's uh, yeah, the, yeah, the man, the man in the arena. If you wanna pull it up, do you have it? It's a certain quote. It is not the critic. Counts. Yeah, yeah, that's the whole quote right there. Okay, cool, cool. It says, uh, it is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again because there is no effort without error and shortcoming. But who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be, never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. Yeah, man. That's it right there. Yeah, that's very good. I just found that out the other day, and I was like, man. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's, uh, this remind me of that as we, as we wrap up. But like that, that's just it's a powerful quote now that I got my dad hung up somewhere in my, my house or something like that. Cause that's just so powerful, man. Yeah, yes. And yes. being able to take something in your situation, right? When people think it's over, right? And, you know, I can only imagine the time you spent, right? 13 years going, you know, parole and all that mm-hmm. and being able to have that perseverance to overcome on, come that it takes a lot, man. And not everyone have, has that mental toughness, mm-hmm. you know, to withhold all that. And then especially stuff that you go through as an entrepreneur. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, man, I commend you for, for what you have built and, and wish you luck, uh, you know, as you continue to grow Iron Rod. I appreciate you, man. Yeah. And, uh, Thank you, Donnie, again, man, and uh, best wishes on your endeavors, man, on what you're doing. Again, this is a really cool deal you got, man. Yeah, I appreciate I'm it. Very appreciative, brother, and yeah. uh, much respect to to you know what you're doing, man. Uh, I thank you for giving me an opportunity to be a part of it because I know you're going places. Yeah, yeah, no, appreciate it, definitely. Yeah. So, if anyone wants to, you know, uh, look up Iron Rod, what can they, where can they find you? Yeah, uh, definitely. So we're on Facebook, which is actually something that's crazy. We just got our uh, Facebook account hacked. So another challenge that we're going through right now, yeah. working to get that back, you know, up and operable. You know, Instagram is, you know, the problems that come with entrepreneurship. But definitely, you know, uh, Iron Raw still on Facebook. As soon as we get this, you know, taken care of. Uh, uh, LinkedIn have been real, you know, active on LinkedIn lately. And uh, yeah, if anybody wants to reach out to me, my email is rod at ironrodsteel.com. I'm always open to, you know, uh, uh, talking about business, man. I love discussing business. I'm very, very passionate about it. Uh, problem solving, you know, yeah, and just talking about uh, possibilities, right? Because there are so many so possibilities. Many. You know, we haven't even, none of us have tapped the, the service or reached our highest heights yet so yeah right roger appreciate it